Hi, everyone. Welcome to Snarky with Mike Feeney. I'm your host, Rihanna. Welcome. I'm holding this with two hands because it's 37 pounds, and I'm afraid the infrastructure of the bottom part of this will collapse upon the weight if I don't. Um, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, oh, 59 more minutes. <laughs> I already feel my hair down over my face. God damn it. Well, this is gonna be a drunk cast. Uh, I'm the host, you know him. And uh, we had to do two episodes back to back. So this is the second episode. If you saw last week, you saw I already drank one fishbowl. Why not go for two? He says, could, could have just lied and put club soda with a splash of Aperol and this didn't. Used more champagne than I did last time. So um, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Nicole also uh, imbibing with me. How are you feeling? Having a great time. Mm-hmm. I like drunk cast Nicole because then she's, I see, I see there's a lot more. I still can't see most of Nicole. I see just like, I see like a necklace dangling and then I see her socks. But at once in a while when, when she's really getting going, the, you know, the chain is like moving a little bit more. There's, there's a lot more going on. So I, I look forward to the, the physical comedy that you guys don't get to see. Um, but welcome to the show. I mean, we're going to see how this goes. I am excited to be here. Uh, I, I'm talking like I'm a, a Tonight Show host. I'm excited to be here. we got a great guest tonight. Radiohead is in the building. Thank you very much. <sighs> you know, they all do the thing. Um, Rihanna, this is it now. This is a couple weeks old. And I don't even need to address the specific incident, but I will to illustrate an example. But let's throw a quick, leave that person alone, Rihanna, out there. First off, because need I say more? It's fucking Rihanna. It's a back off. Um, but also, there was she was on, the, on a red carpet or some fashion thing she was going to. She showed up late. And as she was walking the carpet with her, I don't know, 30-month pregnant stomach that she has just out there. Uh, she's just walking like she... Do, if you see the video of her walking, I'll see if we can put it up on this. The video of her walking down the carpet, she looks like she's levitating. Like, she looks like she's flowed. There's no stride of, like, step, step. It's just is kind of this, like, this ephemeral, just sort of godlike whimsy like if you looked at her legs they would just look like like Casper's leg you know what i mean just that little like tail floating thing is what she looked like she's walking down and they go someone goes you're late and then she just looks right at him and goes no shit and then keeps walking where you're like fuck yeah rihanna cuz she would have said that back in the day cuz she would have been late cuz she would have been smoking blunts and she don't give a shit but now she's like she's realized people wait for me she promised her fan base, an album like two years ago and was like, it's coming out tomorrow and then just never put it out and instead threw a baby in her and now she is just like, I mean, is there a more beautiful pregnant woman on the planet than Rihanna right now? Yeah, and to make it even better, it's with ASAP Rocky, so that baby is going to be built for success. Yeah, I mean, that baby is going to have everything um, and I'm glad for them. So this is. This is very good. Um, and that's all the news I have, folks, to talk about. But I want to give some advice out because I've been seeing a, a dangerous trend on social media. People are very unhappy on Twitter, on Instagram, and they seem to be unhappy with what they're seeing on their timeline. A lot of people are like, all I'm seeing is like, whether it's Ukraine tragedies or people arguing about politics or whatever it is, people are very upset. And to those people, I want to say, it's your own fault. Okay? You may not want to hear this. Get close. It's your own fault. All right? Because the algorithm is controlled by what you engage with. So if you're a person, let's say, for instance, you hate Trump, okay? And you spend your day liking anti-Trump stuff and tweeting at pro-Trump people, guess what? They're going to show you more Trump stuff because that's what you engage with. It doesn't know that it makes your blood boiling. It doesn't know that it's not making you happy. It's just seeing you 
favoriting, retweeting, quote retweeting, even when you hate it, so they show you more of it, okay? That's why you gotta manipulate your algorithm. Do it, it takes a little work, but it's worth it, and, and it will be a utopia if you're willing to build it. For me, I had to spend a full week only, exclusively, liking videos of cute puppies doing adorable things and nothing else. All of my friends' work, all of my colleagues, all that, didn't like anybody. Just liked the puppies, okay? And what happened after a week? You see my, you open my Instagram and you scroll three times, tell me you ain't got a big fat smile on your face. It is a great. It is, I mean, utopia is the perfect word for it because it's truly what it is. At any time, I see something that makes me, you know, or either makes me sad or, or angry or something I don't want to see, uh, you mute it or you say, I don't want to see this. And now, boom, and that's all you got to do. So if your timeline sucks, you suck. That's all. That's it. Nicole, how's your timeline doing? You saw it. It's pretty good for the most part. I showed you that like little baby hippo video. I get a lot of stuff like that. And yes. I get like. 50 videos per day of capybaras balancing oranges on their head. So I don't know who, what. Wait, slow everything. <laughs> who? Kathy who? Capybaras. Those animals. Kathy Barra? Cappy. C-A-P-Y. I'll show you a picture. Okay. Capybaras. It's like a giant, like, wallaby type rodent thing. But it, it's like, you, you'll definitely recognize it when you see it. But there's so many videos of them, like, in a little like hot spring balancing oranges on their head. And I get so many of them. I don't know what I liked to get that, but it's pretty amazing. It's great. Cause you got, cause you're, you're interacting with like cute videos and stuff like that. So that's why you, uh, you get videos. I've never seen that, <laughs> that thing in my life. What is that? That looks like a prairie dog, but on steroids. What is that thing? Don't act like that's real and something that we all know to exist. What? <laughs> They're huge also. They're like pig-sized. What? Where do they live? Where I are they indigenous no to? All the all the videos I have are they're I think the it's in like Japanese or something like that. So I don't know. Maybe they're in Japan. I'm not sure where they're at. I mean if I were if I were a betting man, if all the videos are in Japanese. I could take a guess where they'd be, you know, uh, but most of them are found in much of northern and central South America. Okay, so not in Japan at all. Now I don't know why. <laughs> are they eaten? Um because if they're pig like and they're that size, people are gonna be eating them, right? I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure about that. I, I keep mean, thinking you saying capoeira, which is a defensive dance technique, isn't it? <laughs> the fighting like style. That. Um, what did you say they're called? Cappy what? Capybara or capybara? I don't know. Capybara, capybara. I, I mean, if you've ever heard of this, uh, tweet at me. Send us sound off in the comments, gang. Uh, oh, I know they are eaten. They're what? They are eaten? Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now your algorithm is going to be like how to prepare a capybara. You know, and I'm never going to remember the name of it. But yeah, I googled uh, it, and now there's just like a plate of meat with mashed potatoes, and it says that it's capybara meat, and it tastes like pork. Everything's ruined. Oh no! Yeah, I'm surprised. I mean, they'll eat any. People are, are humans will eat anything. We really will. Any every animal on this planet that exists, or every Every rodent, every mammal, every sea creature, whatever it is, has been eaten at least one by human civilization. Actually, for sure more than one. I mean, we've eaten, I can't think of a object, insect, uh, anything that we have not. I mean, people eat crickets, people eat whale, people eat dolphin, people eat uh tiger i guess that's happened before you know like it, I, is there anything that you could ever think of that we have any do people eat spiders can you look that up i mean i know we, we technically do you know you eat eight spiders a year nicole that's something that is said but i don't know if that's true yeah because who could ever ever prove it but it is nice and terrifying to think about when you're trying to drift off to sleep with an open mouth um Name, think of something that you think has never been eaten before. Yeah, look up if people eat spiders. Like, if there's a, I'm sure there's some, like, fried tarantula in, like, 
the middle of the Congo or something that's probably quite delicious. Yeah, you're correct. In Cambodia, fried Cambodia. spider is a delicacy. Fried spider. But it's eaten like a crab. Oh, you like break this. You get a little hammer and break the shell. And you and- take like the legs off. Oh, and you suck the little hair legs. Oh, oh I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. It's like hairy. Um, what's another thing you think has never been eaten? Is there? Can you think of anything that's never been eaten? Um, that you would assume because I guarantee all of it has. But I'm trying to think of like, I mean, like sea lions. Of course, we've eaten sea lion. Uh, fucking squirrels. Yes. What about like poisonous stuff? Well, how did we find out they were poisonous? Um, snake. People eat snake all the scorpion? time. Scorpion. Guarantee. Look up scorpion. I guarantee scorpions on thousands of menus across the world. I'm sure, like someone like Bourdain has like eaten it in a lollipop or something at some point. Yeah, there was those worms that used to be in tequila bottles, mezcal bottles. Ah, uh, scorpions are a common street food in China. There you go. <laughs> I liked your ha. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know, man. Humans are fucking nuts. We don't have any standards. We will eat something that lives in dirt, that flies in the air, that swims in the sea, that lives next to us. You know, it doesn't matter. We are, we're animals. Um, I have what I think could be either a genius idea or a horrifically insensitive idea. And Nicole, I'd like for you to be the decider of the two. Okay. What if we do this? What if for every lotto ticket that is bought, we give a lotto ticket to a homeless person? So for everyone bought, the state spends some of that money, buys a homeless person a lotto ticket. Now, I've talked about this before. I have bought a, I have had a lotto ticket, walked out, homeless guy asked me for money, I didn't have any money. I gave him the lotto ticket. I felt great about myself walking around the rest of the day. I felt like I really, you know, might have been the most benevolent person of all time. I might have just given a guy half a billion dollars. Turns out he didn't win, so I just gave him a, a piece of trash. I just gave him a receipt showing that I had $2 a moment ago. But uh, I do think that this could solve the homeless crisis. And here's why. Because we have so many homeless people, we got to do something about it. Homeless people, if you've ever talked to them, if you've ever engaged them, Nicole doesn't listen to them. She doesn't see them as human. Uh, she was like, they probably eat them in Cambodia, street food. But uh, I, you know, I am a man of the people. If you talk to them, you realize what they don't want are handouts because there are homeless shelters all over the city. And a lot of people don't go to them, whether it be pride, ego, mental health, whatever it is, right? The lottery is kind of a fun way around that. Because if you're like, here's 50 bucks, they're like, what am I going to, you know, I don't want your fucking bullshit, you know what I mean? But if you're like, hey man, just like everybody else, you got a chance to get out of this. You know, you got a chance, you got a one in 500 million chance to win the lottery. And, you know, they'll probably not win, but if you're giving them all the homeless people a lotto ticket every single week, they're going to start winning. And then once they start winning, they're going to feel like you know, they were handpicked to get out of this bad situation that they're in, which I think would lend them to change their whole life around. Because they're going to be like, you know what? You know, like times were tough. I was living on the street. I, I was addicted to drugs, whatever it is. Now I got a cool 300 mil burning a hole in my pocket. I mean, are, do you think that they're going to burn all of that money and be homeless again? It, I mean, if they did, it would take an impressive amount. But I do feel like that's the way around getting around the the handout. They'll feel like they were picked and chosen to, you know, have all of a sudden, you know what, you're the crane game. You're out of this and now you're in here. And I feel like that's a pretty good thing that we could do. And then the more and then the homeless people start getting excited, being like, I'm homeless, but only for now until I win the lottery, which is what a lot of us do you know, in middle-class life. A lot of us have a very nice, you know, two or three-bedroom home that's, you know, serviceable. It's not going to win any awards. It doesn't look beautiful, perhaps, but it's your home. So you've made it a home. It's something for you. You've you've built this, you know, but you still play the lottery because you're like, if I get this, 
we're moving into a seven-bedroom mansion with an in-ground pool and a slide that's attached from the bedroom into the pool, like, blank check. So, Nicole, what do you think of this idea? I think you won me over. Initially, I, I wasn't on your team because I think, like, lottery tickets are probably the worst thing to receive as a gift. Because I've never won. I, the most recent thing I got lottery ticket, I won $20. But other than that, I've never won. So it's more so like people spending money on me and then I am defeated afterwards. Right. Yeah. But at, at the same time, it's like they could be giving you $500 million. So it's just like all it takes is one win for you to be, for them to be the most benevolent person of all time. Yeah, so I, I do think that you won me over by the end of the argument, for sure. Yeah, I think that this is a way that we can do this. And and like I said, what what's it going to hurt? You know, because right now, if if there's one thing we need to give homeless people, besides mental health, counseling, food, and shelter, we need to give them hope, okay? That is the most important thing. You give them hope. And now they have something to live for, something to strive to, something to get better at. And that, which is why we all play the lotto. It's just that little glimmer of like, things are going okay, but if I get this, I don't have to worry about anything for the rest of my life. My kids don't have to worry about anything for the rest of their lives. Everything is settled. So that, I think, is it. I think this is a, I'm going to take this to Congress, Nicole. I'm getting so, ex I'm getting inspired by how fucking genius of an idea this is. Because worst case scenario, they don't win. They're in the exact same spot. It's not going to hurt them. It's going to, if anything, give them a week of hope and then be like, ah, fuck. Well, you can't take anything away from me. You know, I'm still homeless, you know? And then maybe we can go, remember that hope that you had? Now come to the shelter, you know? And then we can get them to come into the, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to pitch it. I'm going to, next time Mayor Adams holds a press conference, I'm going to start shouting or something like that. I think that's something we can do. Hmm. People are probably furious listening to this, but I, I don't see a crack in that armor anywhere. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> do something. Do something. Fucking do. And, and by the way, just uh, let me get ahead of this. <laughs> if there was a massive earthquake in the San Francisco Bay Area between last week and this week, I am so sorry. I mean, whoops, if that happened. If there are millions of people displaced and thousands dead, I promise you this right now, I will never do another episode of this podcast because I have brought into the world a major war with Ukraine bordering on world war and now a uh, thing. And obviously, I am the archangel of death. Um, Michael was an archangel. God damn it, is that... Am I the archangel of death? Um, anyway. Other things. I've been watching a lot of that show Afterlife, which really just at any moment gives you hope, makes you hysterically cry, makes you laugh. You really have no idea. It's an emotional roller coaster. But something they say a lot, and I gotta give you this credit to the Brits, to you Englishmen, you, you say stuff dumb and wrong a lot of times, but in this colloquialism, I think you have, I think you have a point and I think Americans need to change. Because when they talk about going to the bathroom, they don't say, I gotta go take a piss. They say, having a piss, which hits the ear weird initially, but then when you think about it, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go have a piss. You're like, that makes sense because to piss is the act of expelling the piss. You're, you're not taking it, you're, you're expelling it. So it's like, I'm what is to piss? I'm going to have a piss. And what is piss? Pissing out of my urethra. You know, like it, it's to have a piss versus taking a piss. What do, you, what do you think, Nicole? Yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. It makes so much more sense. I don't know why we ever said, I'm gonna go take a piss. It seems like we're scooping piss out of the toilet and hoarding it for a later time. It should be having a piss. I'm going to go have a piss. It sounds good. I like, uh, what are some other fun words for peeing that you like to use, Nicole? Here's one that I enjoy, which is from the movie Black Sheep. Taking a squeege, which people often think that means poop when I say that, but it means to pee. Because you think like squeege, like squeegee, like you ring it out, it pees. What, what, do you, what do you use? That's really fun and creative. I just say like pee pee because I think it freaks people out. 
yeah, that does freak people out. That's like, I did a girl once that was like, she would refer to her dad as like daddy. And it was just like, so, so uncomfortable. There's like a thing where you're like, I don't like that. Whatever that is, that's called something, right? Like that infantile, like infant syndrome or something like that, where you're like obsessed with like, not only baby talk, but like there's something weirdly erotic about it to you. I hate that. And I don't like, I don't like that. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my whole view on it. I don't like that. Don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Psst, psst. You know, if I had a water bottle, I'd spray it. Um, the uneasy feeling has returned from last episode. Yes, yes, exactly. Now, speaking of uneasy, this is kind of fun. There's a song on my Spotify playlist. I don't know how it got on there. It's just a good, like, chill, like, coffee house, kind of like background beats kind of thing. But when the beat's about to kick in, it did something that kind of broke my brain. And I want you to try this. It's kind of like a word experiment. Instead of going, one, two, three, four, and then... Like that kind of thing. Or instead of going, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, he goes, uno, two, tres, cuatro, and then it hits. And it's it's so weird because he alternates from Spanish to English. Try saying that, Nicole. Uno, two, tres, cuatro. All right, listen. I thought that would be harder for you. Like, so much harder. All right, keep going. Try I'm, and do- I'm just repeating what you're saying. That's if true. I, if okay. I keep going, it's going to be bad. Try and do five to 10. Okay. Oh God! Start from Uno because you can okay. get it. Uh, uno, two, tres, cuatro, five, seis, seven, ocho, nine, diez. Yeah, I mean, good. A little, you know, lacked the melody of it, but I mean, yes, yes. My eyes were like burning holes into like <laughs> this pen cup because I was focusing you're, so you're hard. Just, you're just taking <laughs> It's so hard. I've even even in the song, I find myself being like Uno. Dos, three. No, wait, no. Whenever you say uno, dos has to be the next word out of your mouth. It's so hard to not be like, uno, two, tres, cuatro. Like everything starts sounding so wrong. Uno, two, tres, cuatro, five, seis, siete, eight. It just, it doesn't, it, it, it slows you down so dramatically. It's so, it's so strange. Um, and there's nothing to talk about. I just wanted to see if you could do it and you did it. Um, Quite easily, actually. So. Yeah, but I felt like Zach Galifianakis in The Hangover when he's like counting the cards and all yeah, the numbers what, are flying around. Yeah, yeah, head. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. Um, it's not easy. Um, I want to try that with Brendan and Mike because I guarantee blood will come out of Brendan's nose if I ask him to do that. Well, oh. it's kind of like the like, what is it? Pat your stomach and rub your head thing. That's easy. I don't understand. Oh no, I couldn't do it. <laughs> No, wait, I did it. I patted my stomach and rubbed my head, but it's the other way around. You're That's supposed to do this. That's such a fifth grader thing to do to be like, That's easy. Yeah. <laughs> All those things. I'll do any of them. I'll do like the, I'll do a challenge. What's, name something you think I can't do and I'll do it. Like the, uh, I did that. That's what we did in high school. We tried to drink, drink a gallon. They say you can't drink a gallon of milk in an hour. And uh, I mean, I didn't actually, but I got like, I got skim milk. We went to 7-Eleven, my buddies, there was five of us, I think. I think it was me, my buddy Matt, uh, Mike, Sean. I think it might've just been the three of us. Maybe there was four of us. I can't remember now, but we just went to 7-Eleven and bought, by the way, 7-Eleven, not a big milk selection in the gallon variety. So you kind of just had to get what was there. And I was the genius who bought skim. Uh, My buddy was the last one to grab one. He got whole milk, (laughs) it was just, cottage cheese in a gallon and then my other buddy got one or two percent or something like that so uh we bought out the milk inventory from 7-eleven and the whole milk kid just puking 14 minutes in just absolutely everywhere throwing up i remember we filmed it i wish i knew where those tapes were because we filmed it i'll never forget i was filming it and he was trying to throw up into like a sewer and just it just was like a white explosion everywhere. And then we were, we got to the hour and there was only two of us left, my buddy Sean and I. And I mean, I'm not kidding, Nicole. We had probably two shot glasses of milk left. And again, this is prime jackass time where it's like, I'm literally, I'm the guy with the camera. We're doing dumb shit like this. I had 
maybe three ounces of milk left in this entire gallon and I couldn't get it down. I just couldn't, like, I tried, and I'm like, and it just, I was trying not to throw up, and I, but by the time the hour elapsed, it was such a small amount left, I was so upset that I failed it, and then all four of us went home and laid down. All, that's what we just, and I just had this milk stomach, just this pregnant, uh, milk stomach of just dying. We tried to do all of those things, like, you can't eat a spoonful of cinnamon, you know, when you do that, and then you fucking, you just throw up and cough everywhere. You can't eat 10 saltines in a, or I don't know how many saltines it is in a minute. We tried to do that, and your mouth gets too dry. It becomes like glue. You can't swallow. It's, we tried every one of those challenges that there are, and um, yeah, they're challenges for a reason. Absolutely, they are. Have you, did you and your friends ever do any of that shit like that, or is that just a dumb, like, Boys will be boys, kind of. No, a thing. I think we did stuff like that. But when you guys were doing the milk thing, were you just like chilling during that or listening yeah. to music? Yeah, like, we were like were sitting. You? Well, some of us were sitting like we were just sitting on a curb in our neighborhood because my friend was throwing up into the into the sewers. So, and then we like we walked around and stuff like that. And there was also kind of a cool thing, not only of like us doing the challenge. But like four four kids walking down the street holding a jug of milk, it's like it attracts attention. Like people are like, what's going on? It feels like you're holding a forty almost. It feels good because you know we were like thirteen or fourteen or something like that, and then we're all filming it. So people are like, what's going on? And we're like, we'll tell you what's going on. We're about to dominate the milk challenge. You know, like we were doing challenges before TikTok ever came up with it. All right, that's all I'm going to say. Now I want that to be on TikTok. Just a bunch of kids puking across America. That would be really fun. I'm so sad because I think that era is kind of done. Like there was such like a strong time of just absurd. Like you saying the milk challenge just now like could be substituted with anything. Yes. And I miss that a lot. It was such a simpler time. Me too, which is why I was so happy when Jackass came back. I was like, this is it. This was like, this is, it makes me want to go do dumb shit ever all over again. That's why we're going to get me on Jackass gang. Come on. Um, Now, the reason that I have to do a double recording is because we're going if you're listening to this no actually i'll just have been back uh, i'll be coming back from the cruise um and you know it's gonna be great but nicole you got my brain going thinking you were saying like maybe think of some weird vacation stories and i actually have a cruise ship story and i want you to think of some weird vacation stories you might have as well but i'll tell mine first to give you some time um i was on and I think I've told this on Irish Goodbye or something, but or maybe it was on Here's a Scenario, but I was on my first cruise, and, and we just spent the last Here's a Scenario, the bunch of the boys talking about how excited we were about the cruise and all the shit we were going to do on it and blah, 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 all this and that. And uh, basketball was a huge part of it for me. The first cruise ship I went on, I became friends, and I was probably, again, 12. I became friends with, like, one of the guys in the steel drum bands that played on the cruise ship, you know, he was just like, he was just one of the guys that was just playing the, all the covers of songs, but in like an island kind of vibe. And, you know, he would play basketball during the day. And he was probably, I guess, at that point in his late 20s or something. So we weren't really so much friends as we were guys who shared a basketball court and I bought his CD. Uh, and I oh, mean, I wonder where that CD is. It was probably like $19. It was like too expensive for a CD, you know? But you're like, I get it. You're selling merch. So um, I would play basketball all the time. And then after dinner, I would go and I'd play basketball again. And I'd be out there. I'd be fucking dripping sweat. Just, you know, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you don't bring a water bottle. You bring like Sprite and Pepsi with you. You actually get more dehydrated as you work out. And so I'm running around. It was like pitch black. I'm shooting shooting, shooting. And then I went back to my room and my mom was there. And I remember being like, so sweaty and so like excited about the idea of taking a shower. I'm like, I'm so, I'm just going to grab a bunch of water, go take a shower. And then I go into our little, uh, refrige, see the first thing I see is just a big Poland spring bottle, pop that bad boy up and just squeeze it like four times into my mouth. And my mom is looking at me like, like with her mouth agape and her eyebrows up. And I'm thinking she's looking at me because I'm like 
purple. I'm so sweaty, you know? And then uh, it's because that wasn't a water bottle. It was just filled with vodka. And so, which I guess was was mentioned to me at some point. I don't know. Don't leave the Poland's, rip the label off it, write a big V on it, do something, right? Don't drink Mike. I don't know, whatever it was. But it was just absolute like fire water. You know, when you're thirsty and you think you're drinking water and you're drinking vodka for the first time in your life at 12, you know what I'm saying? You know that feeling? That's what that feeling was like. Just utterly thirsty, never had vodka, fire water in my body, spit it out. I could have, you know, lit a match and the whole cruise would have went up. My mom laughed for upwards of 22 years after that in a row off of that. She'll still laugh about it. If she hears this, she will laugh about it then. And um, I, it was the worst thing. Although I will say, little concerned now and weird that my favorite spirit is vodka. Do you think that there's a correlation there? Do you think maybe I got a taste for it so young that now um, it's ingrained in me, Nicole? It's possible. Ingrained alcohol in me? Uh, yeah, it's definitely possible. I thought your favorite was tequila, though. Yeah, I go back and forth. I think, like, for this cruise ship, I have uh, a bunch of of those, you know, um, sunscreen, empty, fake sunscreen things I'm going to put uh, liquor in. But I was thinking, what type of alcohol should I bring? And I think vodka is the way to go. If you can only sneak one spirit on, vodka is a much more versatile drink you know it's a versatile liquor because tequila is a very strong taste vodka you can go like vodka soda vodka uh orange juice you can go like you know frozen drink and put vodka in it because it doesn't really have a taste tequila has a sharp taste i love good tequila you know i drink tequila probably you know as much as vodka but tequila is more of a sipping thing but i don't know i really love tequila too i don't know this is, this is a real sophie's choice for me but you, you see that vodka is more versatile, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm versatile, which is why I'm doing the multiple podcasts in the day after the day before, doing multiple podcasts that day as well, which is why it's so important you leave a five-star review. If you don't, I'll never know that you listen to the show. How will I know? Whitney Houston, how will I know if he really loves me? Um, because you left a five-star review, you commented on the YouTube. You send it to a friend. You, you're in the live chat on Tuesdays, 12 p.m. Thank you very much for coming and hanging out. And uh, you're having a good time. If you guys enjoy the show, uh, not only do you, should you tell a friend, tell me you enjoyed the show. I know there's like a strong nine of you who are like, this is very fun for me. And it's fun for me to do. And Nicole, I hope you're having fun. Yeah, it's great. I'm having a good time. I think the show looks great. I think the show is fun. The host, what a looker. There, there's a lot going on to like about this show. We just need to get um, the eyes of the nation upon us. And if it involves me starting an earthquake in, in the San Francisco Bay Area, be that as it may, this shall happen. So uh, MikeFeeneyComedy.com, YouTube.com slash MikeFeeneyComedy for uh, the, you know, the podcast, Rage Against the Routine, my special, again, dates on my website, Listen, here's the scenario. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash scenario pod. And that way you can, uh, you know, enjoy the fruits of all of our labor. We put bonus episodes up there. I put a bonus episode of Snarky up there every week. I would love for you to give my Twitch a try. Twitch.tv slash NYFreshMaker. I'm doing it most nights of the week with other comedians. It's always a fun time. Again, you need to know nothing about video games. There's no barrier to entry here. You don't even have to understand what we're doing. Picture it like a video podcast with some of your funniest comedian friends while we're also doing a task. And that task is killing Nazis, you know? So it's a good time. We're made, it's for a good cause. So, um, and ironically, I think Call of Duty, the, the bad guys are the Russians. So really, this is kind of just, you know, World War III role-playing. So think about it. Um, otherwise, we'll be, I'll be at Emmaus Theater March 26th uh, with Cannon and Sagalo. We're doing a... Uh, triple headliner, three-headed monster show with uh, a podcast attached to it. You guys who come to the show will be able to suggest questions and scenarios for that. That's going to be so much fun. Nicole's coming to that. Yes, I am. Come give us some hugs. Yeah, hugs. Oh, I don't know. Just uh, me? Yeah, just Nicole. I I'll could use it. I'll do handshake hugs, you know, I guess. The, hey, what's up, buddy? That's my 
Long Island, that's such a Long Island thing and people get so weirded out. Here's the other thing too I realized, um, which I did with another comic. I won't mention their name, but they fucked this up royally. So, Nicole, I would like, maybe I don't want to tip my hand here. Nicole, walk me through the handshake hug. How does it work for you, ideally? Um, you reach out first, mm-hmm. but you're still moving in as you go. You're moving in, yep. Hand makes contact first. Uh-huh. You have like a little thing there, but you're still going in so they know what's happening. Yep. And some kind of like pat or slap on the back. Oh, you go, you do handshake hug with an over-the-top second arm. That's an interesting wrinkle. That's something I haven't done before unless it's like, that's like close, friend. I'm talking like, here's what I do. I'll, I'll explain my point of view. Here's my like person I'm kind of familiar with or like a cool dude that, you know, here's what I do. I come in, do the handshake, come in for the hug, just do that, and then on the way out, this is very important, the dismount, so important. You don't just go from the hug and then release hands and separate away from one another. You gotta do this thing, which is you both bend your fingers and kind of pull. You know what I'm saying? Do you know what that is? Yeah, you're, you're dapping them up, that's crucial. Dapping is, I thought this. Nah. Dapping is this? I think so. That's what a dap is? I believe so. Wow. I'm white. No, I don't know. Look that up. I don't know. Um, but I thought, but that's a huge part of it. I, I did a handshake hug with a comic the other day, and then he just released, and I was there grasping. I felt like in uh, that Sylvester Stallone movie where I'm like, just fall, you know, the, the, the hands let go, and then I'm just, I'm reaching out for the sky, and I got nothing, and then I'm sitting there with bended fingers like a little weirdo. Yeah, that is uh, dapping somebody up with dapping a little somebody finger up. thing. Do this and there. Every, even if it's a handshake, I mean, uh, I mean, I guess a formal handshake would be weird to dap them up in the end, but I'm a big dapper. I am Dapper Dan, all right? You will never see a guy dapping as much as me. I've, I'm the fucking, the king of the dap, all right? And that's, if you do come in for a handshake hug and you just release and you give me straight fingers, I'm going to dig my fingers into your fingers <laughs> until you meet the resistance and then we make that little sound. And that's, that's that shit though. Um, so, <laughs> how much time? <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the most vulnerable I've ever heard you sound. <laughs> yeah, so- it, was, it was so real. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you have any weird vacation stories? Um, sort of. I have one from like my senior year of high school. Nice. Um, so we used to go on family vacations a lot growing up, but then as me and my brother got into like sports and stuff, we didn't really like, we never had time because summer was like sports summer camp Mm -hmm. time. Um, so when I was a senior in high school, or I guess I was a junior, my dad was like, all right, next year, senior in high school, going to college, we can go on vacation as a family, wherever you want. I was like, okay, cool. Sounds good. How cool? Wait, can I just stop you right there? How great a parent to that, to be like, wherever the kids want to go, we'll go. I would never, ever, if I had kids, I'd be like, guess what? Get excited. We're going. Insert wherever I want to go. You know, like that is, it's exciting for them because they've never seen anything, you know? So it's like, trust me, as a guy who's seen stuff to say, if where I say we're going to Italy, it's going to be more exciting than going to Disney World or whatever the place is. But go ahead. Continue. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, I think that my first suggestion was Italy. I was like, we, <laughs> there should, you go. we should go to Italy. Um, and my mom and my brother were like, well, I guess I think it was just my mom I was like, we, I don't want to fly. I don't like planes. She has like a weird thing with planes. <sighs> like, all right, cool. It's always a shame. Yeah. So then I was thinking about where can we drive? That'll be fun. And growing up at one point, we went to like, Bush Gardens and Colonial Williamsburg, which I actually had a lot of fun doing I've, that. I have a story about that, and you can we uh one of the that almost that almost drove my family apart. It took, <laughs> that our family still hasn't recovered from the Bush Gardens Colonial Williamsburg trip, and I'll tell you about that after this. Go ahead. I mean, that sounds amazing. 
I can't wait. Yeah, so I was I suggested that as like option two. I'm like, that'll be fun. My dad likes that historical shit. Like we can drive there, it'll be mm-hmm. great. But everyone's like, We already went there, we don't want to go there. For whatever reason, we ended up landing on my dad's suggestion of going to the Adirondacks, which to me, as someone who lives in upstate New York, is like, this is bullshit. It's just A to that's A to A. It's, there's no difference there. Yes, we're just driving farther into the forest. So I'm like, this is a, this is terrible. And then, like the privileged little bitch I am, I complained for a full year until this vacation to all of my friends. And I was like, this is going to be so whack. This vacation is going to suck. Like, I can't believe we're doing this, whatever. So by the time we finally go there, I think it was on day one, we were like going on a hike. The one thing I was looking forward to was that we were going to go to Ben and Jerry's factory at some point, Uh which I was stoked about. So we were going on a hike day one. And my brother was just, who's like two years younger than me, was just like messing with my parents, like pretending to get a sprained ankle on the hike, like every five steps, like just being a jerk Uh because that's how he is. Um, I like him. They weren't falling for it at all. So Mm -hmm. we were having a lot of fun with that. They weren't. Long story short, we get to the bottom and we're walking on the actual road back to our like cabin or whatever we were staying in. And I stepped in a drainage ditch. Mm-hmm. And my foot was just like completely horizontal, like sprained my ankle. Ah. And it was so bad that I passed out. But I've what? like, yeah, but I've passed out before so I could feel it was happening. So I like laid on the side of the road and my, I woke up to my mom yelling at me and asking what I was doing. And I was like, well, I just sprained my ankle. So that's sick. And there was just nowhere to go in the area to like find any. F- of course, you're in the of middle help. of the Adirondacks. <laughs> They're like, we have a cutout of a bear made of wood that we we carved with a chainsaw. Can that help your ankle? Yeah. So it was karma for me complaining for a full year. And then they were going to say, well, we're not going to be able to do the tour of Ben and Jerry's because you can't walk. It. <laughs> oh, no. And it was the. I mean, I I. <laughs> Sprained my ankles all the time growing up playing sports. So I was like, it's going to be fine. But it was the worst by far. I couldn't walk at all. So um, we, I was like, Get I have the woman to, yeah. crutches. We went and got crutches. We had to like drive through the woods to find an urgent care. Because I was like, I can't miss this. I can't miss this Ben and Jerry's thing. So we made it happen. But for the entire like 10 days or whatever that we were there, I was inside. Too many the, days. Yeah, a lot of days. I was Too inside on the couch watching Law and Order SVU in the cabin while my family was like fishing and canoeing outside, and I was alone. Also, <laughs> you don't need to be on your ankle to fish. You could easily, if they could just get you in the boat, it's it's weightless. You just sit on a boat and relax instead. And did you go to the Ben and Jerry's factory? Which, by the way, this whole thing has been about Ben and Jerry's. Ben and Jerry's is in Vermont, so like you just have like some offshoot bullshit location of it. No, it was the it was the real thing because Vermont right, is where they started. Yeah, but it's like right on the edge of where like the Adirondacks is. Oh, Vermont is like I, that. I ben like I, where Ben and Jerry's is, but we could drive there or something, and it wasn't that far. Oh. Um. So yeah, so we did go, but being on crutches, I couldn't hold an ice cream cone, so I was just like wandering around, like oh cool, like cookie dough machine. Oh like, no, That's... I did get some, but it was definitely sad. That's terrible. That's I just I love that they all went on stuff without you being like, well, she's dead to us, you know. She put her in an iron lung, like she's she's gonna sprain ankle. Just get her on the boat, get her on the things, go outside. Oh yeah, that's a classic. What a fun family story. I mean, now the Bush Gardens situation. That's what we call it, my family. The Bush Gardens situation. We went to we. I wanted to go to the theme, so we were trying to figure out my dad's side of the family, trying to figure out what to do. My cousin was into thrill rides. I was into water parks. And my aunt was like, I want like history. So we're like Colonial Williamsburg. And everybody in my family was like, I don't want to go to Colonial Williamsburg. But my aunt was like, if I'm coming from Long Island all the way to Virginia, whatever, like we're going to go to the goddamn Colonial Williamsburg. So we're like, so we go there. It's like the off week or something. So there's all of the 97% of the shops are closed. So we're just walking around like a dusty manufactured little village over there. We're looking at powdered wigs. It's a nightmare. You know, we're eating vegetable soup at a low lighting candlelit canteen or something like that, paying $37 for lentil or something. So we, we do that. That was awful. We're like, this is the worst day. It felt like a week we were there. And I think it was probably like six hours. And the next day, we go to Bush Gardens, and I had not been a roller coaster guy at that point. I am now. I wasn't then. I 
had been on one roller coaster in my life. It was Space Mountain when I was too young to get on it. And I cried hysterically uh, on the on the ride. It freaked me out. Did I ever tell you that that Space Mountain story too from my first roller coaster, Nicole? No. It's uh so uh, so at at Disney at Disney World Land, whatever the one in Florida is. I you go when you go on. This is back there in the nineties. I don't know what it's like now, but when you're waiting on the Space Mountain thing, and Space Mountain is a is a roller coaster inside of a tunnel with all lights and sounds, all that other stuff. But it, that's how it freaked me out. We were on this long, long line for Space Mountain, and they had these TVs that were playing what I now know was a fake news story. But I didn't know that as a child. And they were like, today, a man uh, stepped on the face of the sun. And there was an astronaut. And I swear to God, they show him like, like in, you know, that space, that moon gravity physics where he like hops off and he stepped on the face of the sun and just bursts into flames. I mean, and then like, falls down sideways in slow motion and gets engulfed by flames and dies and there's like a, a news crawl being like everyone's dead and like and I go what is, what happened and I'm trying to like tell my family about it and no one's I'm like pulling at their coats no one's listening to me and I'm like a man has died like there's a, a hero has been lost today like we need to recognize this man who made the ultimate sacrifice to figure out about the sun. I didn't know that if you get within like 1300 miles of the sun, the entire, you would turn into flames regardless. But I didn't know this at the time. Again, child. So I'm freaking out about the sun guy dying. And then they were like, they throw me on this ride. I had to, I was too small to go on the ride. I was too short. I was too much of a child, it turns out. I was an infant. And then they were like, you can't go on the ride. And my mom was like, come on, he's good. And like, you know, like, talked them into letting me on the ride, which at the time was like, cool mom. But then also you're like, oh, there's a reason why I shouldn't be on this because it was a terror coaster. I was just so scared and I was in the dark. I didn't know what was happening. And it it it, it uh, traumatized me for years. So fast forward, day after Colonial Williamsburg, we go to Bush Gardens. I haven't been on a roller coaster. I've been going on the water park rides. I'm having a good time. And then my cousin is going on these like nuts roller coasters there that are so high and so tall, especially as a kid. It's like I, they look like the Empire State Building. They're like so tall. And then she goes, I'll go on. Like, let me take you on a roller coaster. My cousin Katie and I was like, oh, I don't I don't think so. And she goes, I'll take you on this one. Like, we'll take you on this one. It's called the Big Bad Wolf. And I go, I go, oh, OK, that sounds nice. And I'm like waiting online with her. And I'm pretty nervous about it, especially as we're getting closer. And I'm voicing my concerns pretty audibly, you know? And she's doing a good thing where she's kind of like quelling my fears. It's gonna be like, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine, it's gonna be fine. And then we get to the point where we're like next, like the cart like pulls up. And I do that thing where I go, I don't wanna do this, I'm out, I gotta go, I, I'm sorry. And my cousin's like, listen, you gotta go now, cause it's too late. Because we've already gone through the turnstile, like we're here. I can't leave you alone and I'm going on the roller coaster. So we're going on the roller coaster. And so I was like, <sighs> so in this roller coaster was not a normal, like on the tracks, the bar goes down kind of a thing. This was a self-contained, almost looked like a bumper car situation where the track was above your head. So it wasn't, the, the track wasn't on the ground. It was attached above you, like some sort of like gondola or something. So when you would go, turning left and right, the entire inertia would turn you left and right of the thing. Again, so we go in the thing, I'm freaking out, I'm like trembling, the bar goes down, I just literally, like, we, we go around this turn, we go up, the click, 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 click thing, I, the anxiety is going out of control, I am gripping it, white knuckled, bent over, eyes couldn't be more close, giving myself a headache, I'm squeezing my eyes so tight, and then we go over the hill, we go down this big dive, we go left, we go right, we go side to side, and then it like flattens out again, and I go, whoo, all right. I survived, and I said to my cousin, I'll never forget this in my life, I said to my cousin, I go, is it over? And she goes, not quite. And then I opened my eyes, and that was like the introductory bump. Like we had, it was, 
I looked, I opened my eyes and we were going up a thing that was like just completely vertical for so long. And the the hill, the final hill of this big bad wolf, it goes up and then it goes straight towards the water at Mach 10. And then at the last second curves to the left. And so you don't smash into the water. And I got off of that thing. I think I was crying again. I was like ghost white. I was like tremble. I looked like Lisa when she in the Simpsons when she's like, I am the lizard queen. Like when she was like a different color. I just I wasn't normal, man. I it fucked me up so bad for so long. And then I did get a t-shirt that said, I survived the big bad wolf. And it was like, like a wolf, like on like lava. And he was like, it was very, it was very cool shirt. Um, but that scared me off of roller coasters until I was in high school. And then I eventually got tricked into going to one again. And then I did. And now I love roller coasters, but every single time that little click up, it, it drives me, it drives me crit my anxiety goes through the roof on the click up. If they could just shoot you out, I'd be much better with that. How are you with uh, roller coasters? I used to like them. I will also say that Busch Gardens doesn't have a single normal roller coaster. Like, they're all bizarre. Yeah. They're all super weird. Do you remember? I think it was right next to the Big Bad Wolf. I don't remember what it's called. The yellow one that has, like, oh, loops Do I remember the, the yellow one? <laughs> I didn't go on it, but my cousin went on that. Yeah, it was called, like, fucking Medusa or Neptune or some crazy yes. god-like name or, or something. Or like, like Loch Ness that. Monster or Loch something. Ness Monster. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have any normal roller coasters. I, I remember, like, walking to the park and seeing Apollo's Chariot, the purple one that's, like, shooting into the sky. It's terrifying. Yeah. But Ugh. I tried, I think I went on my first roller coaster when I was in, like, I don't know, eighth grade or something on, like, our school trip, and I loved it. And I went on it maybe like 500 times. But then as I got older, like I would just get so sick on them that I was like, this isn't worth it anymore. Because it it would be really fun and I would get that same anxiety too. But once you like get past that first thing, you're like, oh, this is a blast. But then I'd feel like shit all day. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, this isn't worth it for me anymore. There was one time where I went to Six Flags and it had rained all morning. And when we got there, there was the park was empty and we did like eight rides in an hour. And we thought we were like the king of the world. But your body is not meant to go on that many roller coasters that fast. My equilibrium. Yeah, we all were so nauseous and like fucked up and stuff. Also, how did you get on roller coasters? You're so tiny. Weren't they? Didn't you have like height requirements? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, like, the first one I went on, I was in eighth grade, so I'd already reached, like, my full height of four foot eleven at that point. Which so. still seems too short to be on a roller coaster. I, some some things I was really on the edge of. I, I don't remember what vacation this was. I think I was maybe in Ocean City, Maryland, but they, and I was, like, a, at that point, I was probably, like, 17, and they wouldn't mm. let me in, like, um... What were those things called? Like the wave pool things? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Wave pools, yeah. Water parks, yeah, for sure. They wouldn't let me in it because I was too short. And I was like, well, I'm a full-grown adult and I know how to swim. And I I think this is one of the only times in my life I've like flipped out on like just a person who has like a job like that. Yeah. I want to be in the piss pool. (laughs) I want to be in the place where all the children are standing and peeing. Yeah. But it was embarrassing because my cousin, who is like five years younger than me, was like, all right, well, I'm still going to go in, I guess. And then I just like waited. I was like, this is so shitty. Oh, that's brutal. Yeah, that's always a tough situation right there. Um, This is good. Now This I can save some other stuff. I have another fun story about my like great, great grandmother falling off the Grand Canyon. I'll just talk about that another time. But uh, <laughs> I <laughs> do have weird little vacation stories. I don't really, I'll tell you the story now because I don't really know the story. All I know is that like, we, my family has a history of laughing when a tragic, terrible incident happens, like when a violent fall happens. And I guess my great grandmother was like at the Grand Canyon and like did like a whoopsie poo and went like over the rail and like fell and then like caught a ledge or something like that. And they were all like calling down to her being like, are you okay? While well, like laughing hysterically. I think we laugh out of fear. We laugh that they're like, we're excited they're not dead, but we don't know how to show it. So we laugh at them and stuff like that. But yeah, she like fell off the Grand Canyon and somehow caught a ledge and didn't die and got like probably medevaced somewhere to something. And boy, oh boy, one of the funniest days in my family's history, I guess. That's what, <laughs> that's what I was told. So we got some questions. Um, thank you very one much. Hmm? Very one much? 
it has to be 10 minutes from now already because I can't do another 10 minutes of this. You've got five left. Five. <clears throat> Thank you very much to everyone who submitted questions to the, to the uh, Instagram or the Patreon. Listen, man. Just thank you. <laughs> um, from K Tay, Disney making live <laughs> Nicole. I'm gonna need you to get a handle on stuff. Um, <laughs> Disney making live action remakes of every animation. Um, which is that's something she wants me to rant about. Which, you know, I I do agree. There's been a lot of Cinderella, Mulan, Beauty and the Beast, um, Aladdin, the new Buzz Lightyear one. I keep seeing trailers for that. And I hate it. I hate what it's going to be. But I also understand it's for children. It's not for me. But also, it's enough already. You know, here's the best part about these movies like Cinderella and, uh, and Aladdin. It was that, you know, Cinderella. What year did Cinderella come out, Nicole? Look that up. That's got to be like the fucking 70s or something like that. The I feel original like. one? Yeah, the original 1950. one. 1950. So, yeah, that was kind of the whole beauty of Disney was like, I grew up on this movie, and when I have kids, I'm going to have them watch this movie. And so, like, Cinderella, it was like, your family, your mom shows you, because that was what they watched when they were a kid. Same as, like, me, my generation was like Aladdin, Toy Story. It's like, I'm going to show all my kids that, and then they're going to have that version of the thing. And then they can have their own version, where they're like, our version is Cars, or whatever the hell dumb thing that they watch, you know, that I didn't get to watch because I was too old or whatever. But I don't need you remaking them, especially the live-action ones, None of them have been good. None of them. I mean, the the Lion King, the fucking Aladdin, all of it has been so bad. And I get it. It's like a billion dollar industry. They're making money. But like this new Buzz Lightyear movie, it's like so dramatic and it's so weird. And he's going to have to, and then he's going to eventually end up a toy at Andy's house. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care for it, Nicole. How do you feel about it? I don't think I've really even seen many of them with the exception of The Jungle Book, which I thought was kind of cool because the CGI is crazy. Yeah, I didn't see The Jungle Book one, but that's also another one on the list where I'm like, just stop making live remakes of it. Just let us enjoy the classics. You're making so much money off of the streaming and all that stuff. We'll, we'll rent it. I'll keep renting it from you. I promise. I'll never buy it. Um, oh, look at this. This, is, uh, this one is from, ironically, the name is from Theme Park Hero, which how apropos. Don't you know? People who don't put their dog on a leash. I get it. Your dog is well-behaved. My dog hates your dog. Yes, yes, yes to the dress. It is, I couldn't agree more with you, Theme Park Hero. It's dumb. It's reckless. And it also, like, here's, there's so many layers of it that I hate. Number one, I don't like that, uh, this dog is off the leash because I don't trust your dog. You may trust your dog. You may, your dog may have good recall, but it's going to get my dog excited, okay? It's going to get my dog freaking out because he's like, is there an intruder? Do I have to protect you? So he's going to get kind of already aggressive just on a, like a defensive stance. Secondly, you make my dog question everything when you do that. When my dog on a three-foot leash sees you with your dog, not on a leash, running around, it makes my dog look at me and go, why am I tethered to this? It gives my dog an existential crisis and fuck you for that. Fuck that person for giving my dog an existential crisis on free will. My dog deserves to not have to worry about such things as, am I like a little slave pet to this guy? Like, I don't want him to know the reality of the situation. You know, I want him to think we're best friends and every once in a while, I got to guide him by pulling him over this way. Like, that's what we've, that's all he knows. He, every other dog he sees is on a leash. He understands that's what we do. We're dogs. We go on leashes together. But when he sees a dog running in a field by himself without a leash and then I'm still holding him back, I look like a monster, okay? And I will not have you ruin my relationship with my dog. He just turned three. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're as good as ever, the strongest foundation you've ever seen. I can't wait for this to be over so that I can go pet him and kiss him on his little peanut head. So uh, people who hit your dog on a leash, if you're around other people, okay, that's it. If you're around other dogs, because here's the other thing, you don't know my dog. Yes, my dog is sweet. 
Yes, my dog's the best. Yes, everybody loves a Jeet. But my dog could be fucking crazy, you know? And if your dog comes galloping up to my dog, what if my dog starts attacking your dog and they're in the middle of attack? You think your dog in mid-dog fight is going to hear you going, Winston, come here, puppy. And then he's going to leave an active dog fight in order to go, there's instincts involved here, okay? Get him on a leash. Don't be a queef. That's my that's my whole joyriding thing. Bumper sticker? Bumper sticker. Bye, everybody. See you next time. If there is a next time, I gotta go. Thanks for watching. <laughs>